Welcome to another episode of Lift and Coast. It's KB. And it's Skips, aka Scott. What's up, everybody? Yo, we're we're in, we're back. Summer break is over. You ready? I've been waiting for this moment for the last three weeks. How about you? <laughs> Listen, man, summer break felt way too long. I'm over all the summer vacation picks. I'm ready for spa. Hey, I'm ready for spa too. But just before we continue on, let's just give a shout out to Red Red Wine and Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> I love that video. I've been watching. I've watched it at least like five times. Just but, biking through some tropical islands, singing Red Red Wine. Yeah, with uh, what's her name, Angela Culling. I don't think Angela was there. She was the one that recorded. She got roasted on on Instagram. No, no, there was some guy recording it. No, but she got roasted because she said it was thanks to Bob, but it was I think Neil. Or something like that. She was getting roasted on Twitter. I'm going to have to take a look at this. (laughs) But she was getting roasted. But um, for anybody that's listening today, today's not about spa. We'll talk about spa a little bit. Uh, Well, today's spa. But what what are we doing today here? Today's dedicated to one of the greatest ever, Michael Schumacher. Mr. Schumi. Mr. Schumacher. Arguably the GOAT. He's probably going to lose it if Hamilton gets number eight. But hey, he's... He's done things that nobody else has done. So let's, let me, I'll run you guys through some of his stats. Why, why Spa is so relevant and why we're channeling out Mr. Michael Schumacher. A, his documentary is coming out in about two and a half weeks. Are you excited to watch it? I can't wait, man. Like, I, I've got it on the calendar. Grew up watching him. I had, like, the OG Schumacher hat. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait either. Did you see the trailer today? I did. Kind of brought a little... You know, you kind of felt the chills. His family. Like, is he going to make an appearance in it? Who knows? Um, it's going to be amazing. So let's run through a little bit of Schumacher at Spa. So he made his de- debut in Spa 30 years tell, ago. Tell me this, though. Do you know why he made his debut at Spa? I have no idea. I, did you did you dig down the rabbit hole? Listen, listen. There, The F1 Beyond the Grid pod just dropped a pod. And it is with a guest. I'm not going to say his last name, but his first name was Bertrand. And he was racing for Jordan. This the is the brand <laughs> that Schum- the seven up car that Schumacher made his debut in. He got arrested for assaulting a taxi driver and was put in jail. So they had to replace him. And Schumacher took his his seat, and he and we pretty much ended back. this guy's career. Never looked back from there. The rest is history. First of all, let's shout out that seven up car. That, I think that car is legendary. <laughs> all F one fans know about. The 7-Up car, that thing just like slaps you in the face when you see it. It was hilarious because he made his debut in the 7-Up car. He he qualified ahead of his teammate. It was his debut of F1. He didn't uh, finish the race because there was issues with the car, but quickly moved to Benetton. Benetton, and then he won his first Grand Prix at Spa. He broke the record of 52 Grand Prix wins, which was Alan Prost at the time. At Spa, and he won his seventh world championship officially at Spa. It's a lot of Spa for Schumacher. He is, out of all the drivers in the sport, in the history of the sport, he is one of the most in Belgium. Um, That's a Ferrari dominated track. It is. And I was looking at the history of this track because, you know, it, it's so intertwined with Schumacher. It has had the most rain ever, like 20, 20 years of rain on this track. Yeah, like 20 consecutive years of hit rain. The crazy thing about Spa is like, I was doing a deep dive into it too. And there's so much history on this track. Like after Senna died, they switched some parts in the track, which was familiar to Imola where um, Senna passed away. But it just has so much history. And it is such an interesting track because 
they just say every part of the track can be different when you're racing. Part of it is cloudy and looks like it's about to rain. Yeah, the other there side could be sunny. dry spots. There could be wet spots. Like if you've seen the forecast for this coming weekend, it's raining. So so let's let's talk about the 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 wet inters. Let, let's talk a little bit about the dynamic of that. Right. We'll go. We'll get back to Shumi. But think about this. What do you think teams are like going on? Like we're just we're fans, right? We're not in behind the scenes. What do you think's going on? Like. If half the track is wet, are they putting on inters? Are they putting on some slicks? Like, what are they doing? What do you think? Listen, you can either go full wets if it's pouring. You can go on the inters. Um, no, let's say like half the track or a quarter of the track is raining. The thing with the intermediates is, even with the wets, is if the track does dry and it stops raining, you can, you can actually, in theory, because people have done it, you can turn them into slicks by wearing them out. That's crazy. So there's going to be a lot of strategy. Obviously, we all know that Mercedes loves the rain, especially Lewis Hamilton. So the the rivalry will be back. The the whole this whole second half of the season has been so highly covered by the media and the press. The fans are excited for it. So I can't wait. I can't wait to see practice quality. Like I'm ready. I'm locked Friday. in. Friday. Literally, I have that circled. I think the first thing I tweeted this morning was. We're three days out or two days out, actually. I'm so hyped for it. Um, let's talk a little bit about let's talk a little bit about Schumacher and Spa. So why do you think he loves Spa so much? Like, what do you think was made him so good? Do you think it's his debut track and that was it? Or what do you think happened there? There's just a lot of just key milestones in his career there. Obviously, you know, in all sports, athletes have, you know, preferred venues. People play or perform better. They drive better at, at different um, at different venues. So there must have been some sort of familiarity with the track. He started there, performed well there, and it just lived on from, from that. It's literally lived on. But, like, shout out to Lewis. Lewis is dominant on the Canadian Grand Prix. He, Lewis has, Hungary, like, he has like Grand Prix, four or five different tracks. So he has six, seven plus wins. Like, Lewis is Lewis. Is I think he's there. only won four times at Spa. But he's won, like, seven times at Silverstone, eight times at Hungary. I think seven times at the Canadian Grand Prix. Um, but when you think about it, that's just crazy, right? Um, to think about both of them. But Listen, most most people that get to F1 may never even podium. So again, we've talked about how important and how amazing it is to win a race, yet alone win a championship. We're talking about Michael Schumacher and Lewis Hamilton. They've both won seven championships, two different eras. So the conversation is always going to be there where Schumacher competed in an era where there were less races per year. You know, the average was about 16 races a year. Lewis's average is about 19 races a year. Um, it, it's one of those debates that if Lewis gets to eight, will people always just say that you can't compare the two? Yeah, you know what? I, I don't think you can say that. I think you can always have a conversation, but results are results, right? Lewis has more wins per race than Michael does. Michael's had more dominant seasons, so there's an argument, but... Once you cross the amount of dominance at number eight, can you really argue it? Like, sh- how long did Schumacher race for? 15 years? 19. 19. When did he retire? Oh, yeah, 2011, right? He retired 2011? No. No, 2013. Because Lewis, 2012. He made his debut, I believe, in 92. 92, but he really raced till 2012 because when he took, Lewis yeah. took a seat. That's so he right. basically raced 20 years. Lewis is in year 14. 14. Yeah, I and gotta give it to Lewis. Schumacher has, has had more. Uh, if we look at total races, I think he's at 300 and change and, and Louis like 260. And Louis has more wins. So you can't really argue that 
Lewis has had a better career, but Michael's had higher peaks. If you listen to people in both eras, like the OGs all say that Schumacher is the best. You can't compare him. And then if you hear in the new era, a lot of people will say Lewis. What I've also just noticed is a lot of people that will jump and say Schumacher is the greatest all use the crutch that Lewis had a far more superior car. And it's like, we've been hearing this for years and years and years. And it's like, that's the worst, like, excuse. Yeah, so there's two things on that, right? A, it shouldn't be held against Lewis, but you should add to Michael because Michael won Benetton. And Benetton was not not a fast, not didn't have the same pace. Like, but but the, the flip side is Lewis had the greatest rookie season of all time. He was one point from winning the championship in his rookie season. He won it at McLaren and he won it at Mercedes. At the same time, was Mercedes dominant when Lewis made the move in 2013? They were not. So then can you really... Lewis took the chance that I watched... Uh, I watched Nicky Lauda talk about... They had to convince Lewis and he's like, why should I leave McLaren to go to you guys? And I'm then end up being car. the best decision of his career. Best decision of his career. So it's like... Maybe Lewis is what made it dominant. Maybe Mercedes and Lewis synergized and Lewis is like, I need to get this out of the car. This is what needs, needs to be done. And, you know, people underestimate how much of the driver's feedback goes into improving a car as well. So having arguably the two, some of the two most talented racers of their eras in Nico Rosberg, which everybody says is a technical, very technical racer and probably the most naturally gifted racer of his era, Lewis Hamilton. Must have to attribute to something, not just the car. It's got to go both ways. Listen, when people say it's just a car, I kind of just, I don't even acknowledge it anymore. I was listening to two interviews. One with Michael Schumacher talks about early in Lewis's career that he has never seen someone compete and win as consistent as Lewis does and talked about how talented he is as a driver. Then I listened to most recently, just last year, Max Verstappen, talking about how Lewis Hamilton is the great, greatest driver. That's coming from Max, who competes with him. And he said, yes, he may have a faster car to what everyone else says, but what he said is he still has to outperform his teammate, and he does that every single race. Yeah, and and the thing about Michael is Michael did a, a lot, did a lot with a lesser car, and pace is always an argument, but... It's not like Michael was Michael didn't have a fast car. That's the one thing. It's like people are acting like Michael's Ferrari car wasn't fast. They won five straight championships. Yeah, like Michael's car, Ferrari car was fast. So let's let's not discount that. Lewis has a fast car, but Lewis also won when Ferrari is a favorite back in two thousand and eight. Exactly. So so it, it goes both ways. Like the, it's such a dumb argument. There's definitely there's a difference of pace between Williams and Mercedes. Well, that's not what we're arguing. But people are acting like Michael was in a Williams car today and Lewis was in. The fastest car. Like, it's just not... You, you it's not can't discredit argument. either of them. So... Did you hear about Lewis's story? How... I think it was in GP2. So, I was listening to an interview and Lewis is in GP2. And he was racing against some guy that was, like, formidable. Like, he was the favorite. And he's yeah, like, I, I need you to this. cut down my wing. You heard about it? Yeah. He's like, I need you to cut down my wing. And like, you'll have no downforce. He spins on the first lap. And then he makes his way all the way up to third or second from last. Because he's just willing to push the limit that hard. In his car. Exactly. I love Lewis for that. Like, Lewis is like... That's why you love the guys like Lewis and Senna. They're just... There's some... They're somewhat downright insane for the way they think. But it's like... That's why they're a genius at the same time. But also the precision and the craft. I mean, we're talking Michael Schumacher, Lewis. These are two racers that you... They did more than just drive. The way that they analyzed the vehicle. 
way, the, the time they spent with the engineers, everyone at the factory, they were so committed to winning and perfecting the craft. And that comes down to every single sport. When you look at the greatest in the respective sports, their desire to win outpaces all of their opponents. Yeah. And, you know, like people talk about like how much Michael lifted up Ferrari because of his work ethic. And a lot of people will talk about how drivers are so different in style where someone like Lewis is like, give me the car and I'll get a feel for it. Where Michael's like, I need this to be precision to this. Like I need the brake to be like this. I need this to be like that. But just shows you like Michael's greatness. Michael was so great. And and you know what? Like you, I I wish I was old enough to comprehend what Michael was doing back then. Yeah, I I, I really wish like Michael was kind of like, I guess it's Michael Schumacher is kind of like the Michael Jordan thing, right? Like I was young enough to know he was there, but I wasn't old enough to actually see and understand his dominance, right? So I really hope to get a lot more out of Michael because I remember watching him as a kid, but I didn't really understand it. But watching his documentary, praying that I, I kind of get we would get a lot more into the inside of Michael and see him as a competitor kind of like the last dance i'm really hoping exactly i'm really hoping we get that feel man i mean where where do you think michael like what do you think he he, he ranked like do you think ever, anybody ever gets like let's say lewis gets nine or ten think any anybody ever crosses seven like you know records passing? records are meant to be broken and no one ever thought that lewis would get to seven and he did so i'm not going to say it's not going to happen it's highly unlikely um and Schumacher getting a seven, when you go back and you look at the car that he was racing in, I mean, just the overall cars for the for the sport, the technology, like everything, the, the cars look terrible. Yeah, they look terrible. I mean, it, it is impressive that he was able to win so many when reliability was a huge concern. So do I think anyone ever gets to seven again? I think it's highly unlikely. It can happen. The You know, we're, we've seen Lewis do it and now we're going to see Lewis potentially get to number eight. Oh my goodness! Listen, I don't even want to think about that. Honestly, when Lewis gets number eight, it's gonna be a whole another, whole another, another conversation. I was in the Reddit F one forum, and everybody just hates on Lewis. It's crazy. There's you got to think if you think of the sports history, right? Mercedes is actually such a small part if you look at timing, not accomplishments, just timing. You know, it's being dominated by Ferrari, Williams. McLaren, Williams. You know, Benetton's being there, like. Mercedes was a relative. So when you think of just generational fans, the majority of the world were not Mercedes fans. The majority of the red world is going towards Mr. Verstappen. Yeah. You, well, you've got, I think there's a, a big following in part of Europe, but Ferrari is still like the most recognizable brand. For sure. No, you can't mess with the horses. Listen, they they are a completely different breed. They, they are diehard for Ferrari. And again, we've talked about it so many times like when Ferrari's good again not that it's gonna be so good but it's great for the sport so we'll see but you know talking more about Schumacher and what he was able to do for the sport he was you know we talk about all sports he had the highest earnings he was made he was breaking barriers when it came to endorsement deals what companies were paying him every year he did so much than just drive he he's just Schumacher is like, from from just deep diving in him, he's like, he's a class teammate. People would say he's just he's just great at everything he does. And like when you hear his kids, like when you saw the video, how they speak about how he was as a father, it's like, how can you not love the guy, right? Like, yeah, how can you not root for uh, Schumacher? I'm kind of like, it 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 it's crazy to think that he's 
obviously bedridden and he's had his accident. But it's crazy to think that we don't even get to hear his opinions. Like, can you imagine if we got to hear Schumacher talk about Lewis and and Max and all that stuff and his own opinions? Like, we're missing out on a lot. The world's missing like, out a lot. You feel like you're being robbed of the greatness in the sport because for eight years, he's been incapacitated. Like, yeah, I just no feel like we're being robbed. From yeah, we're just being robbed of time. And you know what? That's us being selfish because let's be honest, like his family's going through a lot of different feelings and obviously Schumacher's not able to to uh, function normally. But like, that's just how we feel as F1 fans. We're being robbed from just hearing about his career after he's he's walked away from the sport. Yeah, and and then just think about the legacy and pressure that Mick is carrying with him. Yeah, so I want to talk about Mick next. So did you see his quote on how honored he is to go race on Spa? Like yeah. how that means a lot to him. But how do you think he does this weekend? How do you think Mick performs? <sighs> you know, it's hard to tell how talented he is because he's in such a bad car. Um, but you, you just hope that he can persevere. You want to see the passion and desire kind of come through because you're not going to get the performance out of that Haas car. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the one thing that um, I really enjoyed about Mick at last last race and um why I kind of said he was my unsung hero for the second half. He'll have the best one of the best second halves. Is if you watch him defend off Verstappen and Lewis, he did a pretty good job. Like I think he's shown he can drive. I don't think he's shown that he can be a world champion yet. And that that's a whole different level. But I think he belongs F1. Like I, I think he for sure belongs in F1 in terms of he has the ability. It, well, does he grow into it? Yes or no? We'll have to find out. But I'm super excited to see him race on the track. I'm sure he'll, uh, there'll be a lot of tributes towards his father. Maybe he'll wear his father's uniform or something like that walking in. But it's going to be really cool, man. I'm excited. It's going to feel really nostalgic for a lot of fans. It's always tough for, you know, a child who is coming from a parent who is celebrity, influential, global icon, best at what they do. So, you know, will he ever, he's always going to have that stigma over, his, you know, the monkey on his back. Like, are you going to be as good as your dad? If he doesn't perform, he's going to have the critics. Like, it's just so much pressure. You you have to feel for him. I feel for him, but you heard, you've heard his interviews. He says he feels no pressure on being Michael Schumacher's son. Listen, that that's what he says. But the thing is, is like, why would he lie about that? Like, it, it wouldn't hurt if he said he felt pressure, but he's just like, he feels no pressure. Maybe he feels no pressure because his dad never pressured him. He says, hey, if you want to race, race. Exactly. Right? It's just, you just want him to succeed so bad. I think everybody in the in the Formula One world wants to see him But you have succeed. to also have a natural talent. Like, I think he has a natural talent. He's shown he can race. He's shown in, in, in that car that he can race. He's also qualified Nick Mazepin. I mean, Nick Nick also <laughs> has a lot of money. So, I don't know. But I, I, I'm going to go on record and put it on wax that Mick can race. I don't know if he can be a world championship, a champion driver. Does, okay, but. so because we're just so early in his career, we have no idea what the future holds. Um, do Does he win an F1 race in his career? One yeah, race. Yeah, he wins one. He's headed to Ferrari in two years. He's okay. going to win one. Okay. Ferrari will be back in two years. And when Mick is back in Ferrari with Charles, they'll, they'll, they'll be at the top. Maybe not the top top, but they'll be fighting for a championship in two years. I, okay. I firmly believe that. Um, I believe in Mick. I believe in Ferrari. But let's go, Mick. I believe in you, man. All right. Well, look, the, the documentary's coming out. We're all... There's going to be a lot of Schumacher talk this weekend. You know, like, it's obviously the track, 
the documentary is coming out. It's going to be covered. I can't wait to just tune into the broadcast. I can't wait either. Before before we we wrap up though, let's just talk about F one dads and sons. Max Verstappen's dad was a driver, mm-hmm. so it was Nico Rosberg. I think driving, you need to have a talent for hand eye coordination and depth perception. But I think it's a lot more translatable than maybe a sport, other sports, because it doesn't take the same athletic talent in terms of like, you don't need to be a physical specimen. I think you need to be in great shape and you need to have coordination, man. Coordination. I'm saying, but what I'm saying is that balance, I think that's a lot more likely to train than being six, seven and being able to jump out of gym. Do you know what I mean? So I I think it's more translatable. I could be wrong. This this, this is just a Think about geniuses and mathematicians. Like there are certain things you can train and there is certain level of you have to be gifted. No, but what I'm saying is that if you have the gift, it's easier to be. It's not as it's not as difficult to translate. Like if you have the the depth the depth perception and the hand eye coordination, and then you get the training of being a a, a pro son. Yeah, I think it's a lot so easier to replicate. To your, yeah, yeah. But but I'm but I'm saying like you could be you could be uh, tall and athletic and go play football or basketball, but doesn't mean you have the 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 skills, hand-eye coordination stuff. I think there's less skills you need. And an F1 being in shape and stuff is in your control. It's really hand-eye coordination and depth perception. Those are the two, two of the biggest skills you need. Am I, I could be wrong. Listen, listen. But as, as teams and drivers start to learn about lift and coast and they start to hear this, I'm waiting for the backlash on that one. Hey, listen, uh. that's what I believe. I, I believe that being a driver is very tough, but you can also train a lot and train in, to be good at a lot of those things. But that's just me. Um, so it's an incredibly huge race for, uh, obviously, we know it's a big race for Mercedes and Red Bull and Lewis and Max, but Lewis has the opportunity to get number 100. I, I can't wait till he does that, man. <laughs> like he's at 99, it, it, the 100th race win. You think he does that spa? <sighs> Are we, let's talk Red Bull Mercedes. Let's go Red Bull Mercedes. So this track favors either low rake or high rake. Okay. So this is an open race. So who who you put it on wax? Who do you got? You got Lucy, you got Max. I'm never not going against Lewis. Oh, so, so you're I'm betting taking, on Lewis. I'm taking Lewis to win. I'm taking Lewis to get number 100, the century mark. If he crosses the line in first, the checkered flag, you're going to just see the number 100 on like every screen. Yeah. I'm betting on a unlike, not unlikely, but not out of those top two. I'm going with my guy, not not like my favorite driver, but I'm going with my guy, Lando Norris. I feel like Lando's going to pull something out. I feel like Max and Lewis are going to duke it out and, and Lando's going to come out of somewhere. Something's going to happen. It's going to be Lando. I'm just, so I'm just you think, it. well, if there's rain, there's going to be yellow flags, probably a red flag. Um, I there's just, just so Lando. much bad blood too now between Max and Lewis. Like if, if you're Lewis and you're on the track, I wonder if you kind of feel like you got to look over your shoulder. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like that whole war is, I feel like it's going to be a Nico, uh, Nico Lewis collision in like 2016. Something like that's going to happen. And you, you Lando's going to pull it off. You think out. Red Bull's going to give team orders to Perez, take out <laughs> Lewis? Hey, they, hey, I wouldn't say that, man. I don't think anybody does that, man. I don't, I don't think any, let's, let's stop <laughs> the nonsense. But I, I'm, I'm a rock with Lando. I feel like something good's coming from McLaren. Whether it's this race, maybe, maybe, it might be next race, but so McLaren's going to win a race very soon. It's Wednesday. We're a few days out from Quali. Tell me who sets the grid. One, two, three. Oh, I'm going Max, Lewis, and then Bottas. Max, Lewis, Bottas. 
I, I feel like Red Bull will, will, will come out very strong. And, and I just have a feeling that Lewis and Max are going to tangle up. That I'm just calling some drama. Or or it's going to be like wet. I'm just calling. There's going to be some. some. It's going to be a very interesting race. That's the Forecast is calling for rain. Yeah. It's going to be wet. It's going to be wet. And then I feel like Max and Lewis are going to be trying to go wheel the wheel, you know, bump a little bit. And it's just going to be like, the, I, I have a feeling both those two may be disqualified from this race. Just don't finish. Yeah. I feel like these two, are, they won't finish. That's why I got Lando. I, I have a feeling Lando's going to pull it out. Well, you heard it here. We'll be back Sunday to do post-race. And I can't wait to see what we're talking about on Sunday. Yeah, listen. Let's go Lando Norris. <laughs> go Lando Norris. And for everyone listening, <laughs> um, we appreciate you already following us, already listening to us. Make sure you tell a friend. The more people that tune in, the better. And um, if you have questions that you want Scott and I to answer, just hit us up. DM us on at Title League, um, wherever you follow us on socials. Yeah, for sure. And shout out to our Indian listeners in India. Yeah. We, we got a every, decent if, amount. Of, shout out to you guys, man. We appreciate you guys tuning in. For everyone listening all over the world. Yeah. Uh, we, we appreciate all of you bringing it, you know, from our perspective here in Canada. Hey, man, we're just having fun with it. It's just a sport we love. So we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.